time for the Bay Area's favorite quiz show, Minds Over Matter, with moderator Dana Rodriguez. Joining him tonight will be music critic Joshua Cosman and technical editor Kara Pace. And it's got to be our moderator, Mr. Dana Rodriguez. Thank you very much, Damien, and welcome everybody to Minds Over Matter. Hope you are having a uh, lovely weekend. It certainly was beautiful today. And we also hope you can spare us an hour of your very valuable time because Minds Over Matter is and will be in the future, I hope, an audience participation quiz program. So, of course, uh, we want your participation in the worst way possible, which is usually the way we get it. So these two numbers are area code 415-841-4134. Again, that is area code 415-841-4134. Or toll-free. Yes, we still have a toll-free number. Toll-free number. Thank you. 866-798-8255. That is 866 866- Seven nine eight eight two five five. We'll be giving you questions, and uh, hopefully, you'll be giving us questions on current events, movies, history, literature, geography, television, radio, and just about everything else. It's pretty wide open, and as usual, uh, the best time to call is early in the show as possible. So, uh, we don't like to have long questions that come to us in the last five minutes because we don't feel we're doing them justice. So, uh, if you have a nice question that you'd like to ask, get on that phone as soon as you can. 415-841-4134 or toll-free 866-798-8255. So uh, also want to remind you of our email address, which is mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com. That is M-I-N-D-S-O-V-E-R-M-A-T-T-E-R-1. That is the numeral one. So that is mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com. If you'd like to hear our show on the live stream, that is very possible, and you can accomplish that simply by going to kalw.org. Again, that is kalw.org. And, of course, uh, the podcast should be up reasonably soon after our show tonight. That will also be at kalw.org, and it will be at many other places as well. But, of course, it's always good to start with KALW.org. So, uh, all that being said, uh, we will start with a round of introductions and then a round of questions. I should say at this point, hello to my fellow panelists. Hello. Hello. All right. Uh, now your, your charming voices are on the air. And here is the first intro. Kira Pace was told that there were fully seven days this past week, but she's not buying it. There's no way this past week was seven days. Like, mm. fake news. Joshua Cosman celebrated the shared birthday of Franz Schubert and Philip Glass today, just as he does every year, by listening to Schubert's quintet in C major over and over and over and over. And our moderator, Dana Rodriguez, may not be a prophet without honor, but in hosting this show, he has found an honor without profit. All right. And all that being said, we will start with Kira Pace. Um, I am going to get my quick science question out of the way early. And uh, Dana, I can ask you a second question that you'll like much better. But uh, first, the quick science question. What is the fewest number of chemical symbols you could string together 
to spell out the name of a Barry Manilow song about <laughs> a showgirl at the hottest nightclub north of Havana. <laughs> so I want to know the fewest number, and I would also like you to tell me which elements those are. So you can't just spit out numbers. You have to back it up. Say the, say the question. The, the song is... A- the song is okay. It's a Barry Manilow, Manilow song, song about yeah. a showgirl at the hottest nightclub north of Havana. So, so that sounds like something you could make with cobalt and palladium. Uh, that's not. No. Not, that's not a uh, a full. That's not the whole name of the song. Her yeah, name was palladium. Like, isn't that like PL? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm, maybe. Oh, I, I guess I'm think thinking so. of the wrong song. Isn't, isn't this... it the Copa? That's Copa. not its full name. You want the whole Copacabana? I, I, I asked for its title, sir. Uh, I want its uh, title. Come okay. on, Dana. We can do this. Copacabana. All right. Cobalt, palladium, calcium. Nope. Not palladium? Not palladium. Well, you're right about cobalt, are. aren't you? Uh, yes. I will give you that you started You started yeah. well. All right. And then it went to crap at palladium. <laughs> oh, no. All right. All right. Uh, well, if we can get past You picked it. it back up. Yeah, you picked yeah, it back up. Yeah, then we get ca- calcium. Uh, and barium and sodium. Yes. So you are four fifths of the way there. Yeah, but it's that second one. Uh, come on, Dana, you're a you're a chemistry whiz. Uh, not since this. high school. Um, oh, come on, but that wasn't that long ago. Well, leave it leave it out and let somebody fill, right. fill in the other one. All right. All right. All right. So let's go over it again, and then we'll go over the, what we have so far. Okay. All right. Uh, I wanted the fewest number of chemical symbols that you could string together to spell out the name of a Barry Manilow song about a showgirl at the hottest nightclub of uh, north of Havana. Uh, we've determined that that song is Copacabana, and uh, and Dana and Josh have uh, gotten cobalt, calcium, barium, and sodium. We're still missing what gives us the PA in Copacabana. All right. And I can give you a different question if you would like to to get the taste of chemical symbols out of your mouth. All right, go ahead. Nothing wrong with chemical symbols. All right. Um, do this one. Cloris Leachman appeared in five films that are on the Library of Congress's National Film Registry because they were deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. What are they? Five films uh, in which Cloris Leachman appeared. She well. was not the star no. The Last she, Picture she, Show. The probably. Last Picture Show. Yes. Young Frankenstein. Right. Yes. Uh, hmm. High anxiety. No, high anxiety isn't on that no. list. No, I didn't. But. Um, hmm. Okay. Although that is the movie they showed at the Castro and Cloris Leachman wig snatched Peaches Christ, which was amazing. All right. I have to think about this. I, I just read her obit a few days ago, and, and they did mention not this specific thing, but for her film credits, so I sort of have to think this over. Um, okay, leave that out. Leave it out. Okay. And just repeat the question, if you would, please. Sure. Cloris Leachman appeared in five films that are on the Library of Congress's National Film Registry. What are they? And of the five, uh, we have The Last Picture Show and Young Frankenstein. Right. Okay. And is there one of them where she has just basically a bit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Perhaps more because I haven't seen all of them, but I can tell you the one that's left on this list that I have seen, it is a sample. Yes. Okay. 
All right. Okay, I got to think about that. And uh, Josh, why don't you go ahead too? Sure. I actually also had Cloris Leachman on the brain and came in with a leading Cloris Leachman question, which is, uh, what is the last picture show in the last picture show? What that is? What is the movie that is shown at the Royal Theater uh, as its last offering before closing down? Sorry, it's like Red River or something like that. It is like Red that. River. Like John yeah. River or it John is Lee Red movie. River. Yep. I knew that you guys would bat that right away. All right. All right. Um, well, let's see what else have I got here. All right. Um, there are only two actors of either gender to have won a leading acting Oscar for a role with their actual first name. Um, uh, so, you know, if uh, if... Sean Penn had played Sean Milk instead of Harvey Milk. Uh, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. So an actor or actress who has won an Oscar for a role that shared, with which they share their actual first name. Um, I thought I had, I'm, I'm restricting it to just best actor, best actress. I thought there were none of them in the supporting and I realized that Kate Blanchett playing Catherine Hepburn is close enough to be weird. So we've, we'll, we'll, eliminate that one but what are the two so how many examples did you find there are two there are two so the all right okay oh all right um how far back are we going well we're going back a ways this hasn't happened recently all right okay and like another and, thing i have to think about here yeah go ahead and then uh i don't no, I don't think so. I, I know Jack Nicholson has like three Oscars, but I, I doubt that any of them is for The Shining, which I know uh, he was Jack Torrance there, but I right. don't think he good, was. Good, good thinking all around. Good guess. You're right to say that it's wrong. Yeah. Okay. And can I ask you this? Did either of these people ever win more than one Oscar? Uh, that I believe that is the answer to that is no. I, I'm pretty sure these are the only Oscars that either of them ever won. Right. Okay. And they're both lead, you said? Yeah. Okay. That's right. All right. And in the meantime, let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Uh, the host of your next show, she, she's very good. I love, I love the music she chooses. I would have never come across it except that I listened to her after I listened to your show. Oh. Her last name is Cahill. Mm-hmm. Do you know who she is? Uh, Sarah Cahill. Sarah Cahill, right. Yes. And that's only the second time I've ever heard that last name. The first time I heard it was when I was a kid and my family moved to New Jersey. The governor was William Cahill, the 46th governor of New Jersey from 1970 to 1974. Just meaningless trivia. It's only the... I've, the only second time I heard the name Cahill. Well, we had a fire chief, or was it a police chief here named Tom Cahill, didn't we? Yeah, in San Francisco. Okay. There's so, a wonderful uh, Irish movie called The General, in which uh, Brendan Gleeson plays a, a Dublin criminal mastermind named Martin Cahill, only he says it Cahill. Not Brendan Gleeson, who I went to high school with. Must be no, honest. Brendan Gleeson, the Irish movie actor. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you remember I mentioned on, uh, it was April 15th, the, the coincidences of the Lincoln assassination? And you mean I last kinda, April 15th? Huh? 
You mean last April 15th? Or are you no, just talking April about April 15th? 15th. Oh, yes. Remember the beginning of this call? Yeah, I, I was going to say that. I mean, um, yes, April 15th, I remember, because we talked about the sinking of the Titanic and the Lincoln assassination, I believe. Yeah. There is a now much more recent disaster happened on April 15th. Do you know what it is? Hmm. Much more recent. Much more recent. Okay. April fifteenth. It's not. A, it's not a. It's not a catastrophe, which I think means like complete disaster. It. It's. But it is a disaster. Is this a disaster in your opinion, or a disaster is accepted by everybody? Oh, but accepted by everybody. Okay. Is this a natural disaster? No. No. Uh, a, a blunder that led to a disaster. Mm. It's still under investigation what the blunder was. Hmm. Mm. Much more recent. So I guess this is political then? What was that? Is This is a political thing then? No. No? Okay. Uh, no, I'm afraid. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Go, go ahead. Oh, are you? No, you're not talking about the the World War One bushmeat no, soldier, no. are you? Nineteen, okay. nineteen, uh, or twenty nineteen. So only three years ago. April fifteenth. Well, that's income tax day. That's always a disaster. Um, let's see. I mean, I mean, the world was gasping when this was happening. Uh, no, I'm afraid. I, no. Our, my short memory is failing me. Notre Dame. Oh, did that happen? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's still kind of, they got lots of repairs to do. It's not a catastrophe. It's not a complete disaster, but it's going to take a lot of work. Mm. So um, here's, here's a quick question. I want to put this out to other people because I don't know the answer. If you're writing a screenplay, you know you have words for like guffaw or laugh. What is the word that describes this? You know, did you hear that sound? What I'm saying is like, if if I say, oh, yeah, you got a, that's a nice suit you got on there. Oh. You hear the, you're it, kind of repressing the laugh. Right. Uh, sarcastic, in a sarcastic way. Yeah. You, it's like you're, you know, that kind of. All right. You know, if you wanted to put in a script like like these people, they're, they're holding back their laughter. Just put that out to the audience. I'd like to know how would I write that in a script for that kind of. That kind of utterance, which is nonverbal, kinda, you know, it doesn't right. use the I vocal cords. I have, I've always been struck by the fact that w- when you watch a movie with subtitles and somebody does that, the subtitle writers all think that the word for that is scoff, which I've scoff? never known. Scoff, S C O F F. Which oh, I really? Well, I, yeah, I'm not vouching for that. I'm just saying that's what all the members of the subtitle writers union have agreed uh, okay. on. Um, I know that weird, in, uh, it, it always strikes me as weird because I think of scoffing as being not a not a, a, a noise that you make, but an expression of doubt. Like you know, I don't think that's true. He's no, I don't think it's a um, scoff really. All right, well, we will uh, put we will, it out there. We will leave it out. Yeah. Thank All you. All right. All right. Have a good show. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. 
And you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We're here every Sunday at 7 p.m. Uh, feel free to give us a call with a question or answer. Those two numbers are area code 415-841-4134 or toll-free 866-798-8255. The panel tonight, that would be Kira Pace, technical editor Joshua Cosman, who writes about classical music for the San Francisco Chronicle. And I'm your moderator, Dana Rodriguez, and you're listening to us on 91.7 FM. That is KALW, your local public radio station. Okay, let me do a couple questions, and then we will get back to calls. So, um, of course, we have asked uh, many times before about the state quarters that uh, feature different um, important issue. Or excuse me, uh, important um, monuments or whatever on uh, each of the quarters uh, dealing with all the 50 states. So in what two state quarters uh, do they feature geographical landmarks that no longer exist? Um, the old man of the mountain, which is, which one is that? That's New Hampshire. New Hampshire. That is yeah, correct. Say, it, it, it exists, but it's damaged. It's, well, yes. it's, it's not quite the way it was before. Was yeah. uh, yes. Uh, so New Hampshire, the old man of the mountain. That is, do you remember the name of the mountain by any chance? No. I didn't know it had a name. Oh, it does. Yeah, it's Cannon Mountain. Uh, and so what is the other one? Anybody know? A geographical. It is a geographical, or is a feature. It doesn't yeah. have to be mad at rock, but it is a feature so, that is that no longer exists. Is the is it the case that that uh, monument to the Confederate generals in Georgia is no longer around, and that and that that's on the quarter? Or that's a double mm, guess. Yeah, What's no. It Stone Mountain. Stone right? Mountain. Oh, that's still around. Is it? Yeah. It is still around. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, uh, we're, it's we're the gonna mountainside. Get, we're we're going to yeah. get working on that. Yeah, I am. Um, hmm. Don't know. All right. Leave that out. So uh, what two state quarters feature geographical landmarks that no longer exist? Uh, Kira got uh, New Hampshire, which is the old man of the mountain, which is Cannon Mountain and the White Mountains. And uh, what is the other? Okay. Second question. What are the largest world cities by uh, the amount of letters in their names. And I'm going to give you the uh, numbers I'm looking for, okay? So I'm looking for the largest cities in the world by the amount of letters in their name, and these are the amounts I'm looking for. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. So again, what are the largest cities in the world that have these amount of letters or in their name. So four letters, five letters, six letters, seven letters, eight letter, nine letter, and ten letters. I'm only looking for the largest city that has uh, each of those amount of letters in their name. I have a guess for five. Okay. Uh, Tokyo? Tokyo is correct. Very good. Yeah. And for seven, I'm going to guess Shanghai. Um, I mean eight, I, sorry. Eight, yeah. Eight. <laughs> Yes, Sorry. eight is correct. Very good. <laughs> so Shanghai and Tokyo, Tokyo for five, Shanghai for eight. So and does that free up seven for Beijing? It does. Okay. All right. All right. I think I'll stop you guys stop. there. Yep. Yep. So again, what are the largest city? What is the largest city in the world with four letters in its name? The largest with six letters. The largest with nine letters, and the largest with ten letters. 
All right. And what two state quarters feature geographical landmarks that no longer exist? Uh, Kiragat, uh, Old Man of the Mountain in New Hampshire. What is the other? And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Hi, Eid. How are you? Good. So can you tell me what are the seven um, wonders of the world? What are they? You want the new wonders or the old wonders? The old ones. Let's stick with the old ones. Okay. All right. In that case, we've got the Great Pyramids. Right. Of Giza. Very good. The Lighthouse at Alexandria. Very Mm -hmm. good. In Egypt as well. The Colossus of Rhodes. Very good. All right, Kira. The Mausoleum. Okay. The Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Very good. The mausoleum uh, is Halicarnassus, right? Is that, yes. Is that the one? Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Where are we? Uh, we have the shoot the Statue of Olympus. What's it? Yes. What's it called? Right. The, sta- it's, that's the statue, statue of, of Zeus. 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 Yeah, the at Olympus. Of Zeus. Yeah. 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 I just couldn't remember its full right. official <laughs> Seven go. Wonders name. So we're missing one, right? Okay. How Hold about on. the mausoleum at? We had that. You mentioned that? We had that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let me repeat it and see which one you missed. The we Great Pyramid of Giza. Mm-hmm. The that. Hanging Garden of Babylon. Yes. Yeah. The Statue of Zeus at yes. Olympia. Yes. The Temple oh, of our Temple. Yes. That's it. That's, that's the one it. we missed. missed that? Okay. I didn't. Yep. I wasn't sure. Okay. Good There's job. only one that's surviving. Which one? That survived today. Which one? Well, well, the one in Egypt. Of course. Oh, okay. It's a Great Pyramid. Okay, and it was the tallest building in the world until 18, 1889 when this tower was built. Which tower? The Eiffel Tower. Uh, yeah. Very good, very good. Okay, there is a country, actually. Over hundreds of years ago, they had skyscrapers. They were very tall. Not in the U.S., not in Europe. Which country? Not Egypt, either. <laughs> I actually, the first time I heard about this question is from you. Uh, you know which country? In the Middle East. There's a country in the Middle East. They actually can, by Google, this country can see it's beautiful. In fact, it's so tall, their building, it goes through the clouds. Are you, oh, you mean now? Okay, so you're talking about well, the UAE. Well, no, for, for centuries, for centuries. Oh. No, 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 not now, no. I know there's oh. Qatar and all of those crazy places that have very high. So you're not talking about the Tower of Babel? No, no. Uh. This is more like, you know, say, up today, but 200 years ago, you could see it. I'll give you the answer because uh, actually you had the question you show a couple of years ago. Yemen. Yemen. Did we? Yemen, yeah. They yeah. have all those high school, you know, big, tall building in mountains. So they're very, very, very high. Mm. Look at you, Google it and you'll see beautiful building. Right. Second question. So you go back, you know, a few thousand years, maybe a couple of thousand years in history, and you visit an Egyptian family. And then you found all of them have shaved their eyebrows. Why? Hmm. Mother, father, kids, boys, everybody, girls, they have shaved because of this sad occasion. What oh, happened? Is it like when somebody dies, you pluck out your eyebrows? But not just not just anybody. The pharaoh? No. <laughs> more more sad to them than that. Yeah, like an immediate family member. No, but it's no, like okay. a family member, but not not human. Their cat. Their cat. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yes, their, their cats. You know, Egyptian was so much in love with their cats. It's just beautiful history. At one time, I had 35 cats at my house in Euclid. Very good show. Always beautiful to listen to you. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. You. Thank you. And Kira, it's your turn. All right. I have a list for you. Um, 
there are a list. So each member of this list, it's a novel, a foreign novel, and then the movie, a foreign movie that was made from this foreign novel. And what I want from you is the name of the American movie that was also made from the same foreign novel. Does that make sense? Yep. Uh, how yeah. many? How many we got? Five. Excellent. So you're you're going to give us the name of the original novel? Is that is that? Yes, it's a novel that is written in a in a language that is not English. But you're going to uh, give us and, the English translation. Uh, oh no! In some cases, all right. I will. Okay. Not always. Okay. So the first one is a novel called, and forgive my pronunciation, it's uh, called Il Buo e Il Mille. In 1974, it was made into an Italian movie called Prefumo di Donna. And in 1992, it's an American movie, which uh, has a name that you should tell me or a title. The next one, the novel is called Lottie and Lisa, German novel Lottie und Lisa, in 1950, it was made into Das Doppelte Lochin, which is two times Lottie. So in 1961, it was made into an American movie. The third is a novel called Michel Strogoff. In 1936, it was made into a movie called Der Courier des Tsaren, or The Tsar's Courier. In 1937, it was made into an American movie. Mm. The fourth is uh, a novel called La Chienne. In 1931, it was made into a movie called La Chienne, uh, which is the female dog. In 1945, it was made into an American movie. And finally, uh, in Swedish, there's a novel called Tenkpol et Tal. In 1969, it was made into a movie also called Tenkpol et Tal, which is think of a number. And in 1978, it was made into an American movie. So what are they? Well, uh, the only one I know right offhand is the 1937 one, which oh. is – is that the one you know too, John? No, no. I, I, have, a, I have a different one. So okay. Good. So that's – well, that, that was made a couple of times in the, in the movies. But there's a French version called The Adventures of Michael Stroganoff. And uh, but then the 1937 uh, version is called the Soldier and the Lady. It is called the Soldier and the Lady. That is correct. Anton Walbrook. And um, so yes, I will leave it at that for the moment. The only one I know is the first one, Il Profumo de, de Donna, means the scent of a woman, which is the name of the American film with uh, Al Pacino hamming it up as a, the blind guy. It is uh, Profumo de Donna is scent of a woman. That is correct. Good job. Good job on that. So, so the ones... Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Go, no, just just repeat the ones that haven't been done yet. Right. The ones that haven't been done yet. Uh, the novel is a German novel called Lodi und Lisa, which is Lodi and Lisa. The film was called Das Doppelte Lötchen, which means two times Lodi. And in 1961, it was... An oh, movie. it's the parent trap. It is the parent oh, trap. Oh, good job on that. Wow! Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know anything about its German roots. Yeah, time. German roots. Who knew? Okay. okay, so the ones we have left for reals are <laughs> a French novel called La Chienne, made into a movie called La Chienne in 1931, uh, meaning the female dog, uh, and then an American movie in 1945. The other one is a Swedish novel called Tenkpo et Al, a movie also called Tenkpo et Al uh, in 1969. Uh, which translates to think of a number, 
and then it was made into a movie, uh, an American movie in 1978. So the one that was made into an American movie in 1945, and the title was, well, translated, is A Female mm-hmm. Dog? It, yes, uh, I am, I'm, uh, yes, Female Dog, uh, which has other connotations. She's trying to avoid saying the word bitch. I, I am, but because it's not is, meant is, as a female dog, I don't think. Okay. All right. That's interesting. 1945. Uh, huh. Okay. Hmm. All right. I have to work on that. All right. We'll leave that out. And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Hey, it's Bill in El Cerrito. Hi, Bill. Hey. Uh, I was thinking the first caller's question about the word that goes into the into the screenplay could that be snort? Well, I don't see why not. Could it not? I don't know. What do you think? Josh? I like it. That's, yeah, I'd yeah. buy it as a snort. Right. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Uh, cities. Let's see. Six letters. Uh, London. Uh, no, bigger than that. Mm, okay. Ten letters. Mexico City? Oh, no. And this is totally my fault. I, I should say that all the city names are have only one word. Okay? Uh, mm. That was my fault. I, I should have mentioned that. Yes. Uh, only one word, please. Okay. All right. I have a, I have a sort of multiple question mm-hmm. here. The uh, first one should be fairly simple. Who was Albert Hoffman? Was he a judge? No. No, you're thinking of Julius Hoffman. Okay, sorry. Was he uh, a photographer? Oh, that's... Huh. No, not a, not a photographer either. This is not as simple as you had hoped. <laughs> Apparently you, you, You've stumped us out of the gate. Um, um, Albert Hoffman. Can you give us a, some sort of framing or tint or yeah, something? Yeah, I'll give you a hint. Mm-hmm. Timothy Leary. Is it Baba Ram Das? Well, no. You're, 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 so that's just the same same category. But you're looking for the. Is this the person that that Timothy Leary experimented in LSD with? I mean, originally when he was at Harvard. Um. No, preceding Leary's time at Harvard. Preceding. Hmm. Hmm. Is this going to be some sort of birth or a trick question where it's his birth name? No. No. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, we're no. stumped. We're stumped. Okay. So Hoffman is the guy who discovered LSD. Hmm. Um. The one that first synthesized it in the you know in the Sandoz labs in. So is he that. is he in relation to Hoffman LaRoche, the drug company? Nope. Nope. He was working for a different different pharmaceutical company altogether. Okay. All right. All right. So Hoffman once attended and gave a speech at a symposium that had, I don't know, a couple thousand participants. Um and 
most of those participants could reasonably have expected Hoffman not to be able to give that speech. Why not? Not to be able to give the speech. Mm -hmm. Does this have hmm, does anything to do with physical incapacitation? Well, it could have been. Was he in jail, or was there a possible... No. no? No, he was he was hale and hearty. Was he in hiding? No, he was right out there. Hmm. Were... Hmm. So he wasn't in any sort of legal danger? None. Okay. Uh, no, I don't think we know. He was attending his own centenary. Oh. The symposium was essentially an extended birthday party. He spent the previous couple of days partying with everybody. <laughs> right. Interesting. Pretty good yeah. job on his part. Thank you very much. Thanks. And Josh, I think it's your turn. Okay. Um, so the, uh, Washington DC is, the, uh, our nation's capital and yet not the largest city in the country. And it turns out that's actually a relatively small list of, of na uh, national capital cities that are not the largest city in their country. Um, the only ones in Europe are, um, Vaduz Liechtenstein and San Marino, uh, both of which are tiny and one other that's actually, you know, a, a regular-sized country. What is it? Uh, what's the third one on the list among European countries in which the largest, the capital city, is not the largest city in that country? So, are you counting the Hague or uh... no? Okay. I'm counting Amsterdam as the as the capital of the Netherlands. I'm just funny that way. What about uh, Spain? No, Madrid is actually the largest uh, city in that country. Right. And you said this is not a tiny country. This is a regular right, I'm country. Yeah, I'm saying that, that there are – it turns out there are three European countries on the list, and I sneer at Liechtenstein and San Marino, <laughs> not in general, but in this context. Um, I didn't know that San Marino had two cities. I thought it was a city. Um, but uh, I'm leaving those out because they're no fun. But there's one country where you where you know the you know the capital and you know the largest city and you know they're different. Right. I have no idea about uh, population of German cities. I don't. I mean, Frankfurt's pretty big, though. There's a lot of big cities in in yeah. Germany, but none as big as Berlin. Different. Oh. Okay. Uh, Bratis and, and Bratislava. Hmm? No, not Bratislava. Um, is it one of the ones in the former Yugoslavia? It is not. Okay. All right. Ask the question once more. All right. World capitals that are not the largest city in their country. There are three of them in Europe. Two are, are in Liechtenstein and San Marino. What is the third one? I'm looking for the country and the capital city that is not the largest city in that country. And if you can tell me what the largest city is in that country, you get an extra bonus bell. Oh, uh, Switzerland. Yeah. Oh, smart. 
um, uh, burn. Uh, right. Yes. Well done. And you need as much larger. Yes. Yes, but not as large as it's Zurich. Zurich, right? Zurich yeah. is larger. Yeah. Zurich, the one that everybody always thinks is the capital. Right. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well done. All right. All right. Good job. And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Every Matter. Dana and team, it's Joe from San Francisco. Hi. Good evening. Good evening. What a wonderful evening it is with you guys, as always. Thank you. I have a uh, a guess, and I'm not sure if it's been guessed yet, but has we should all agree that uh, Barry Manilow, we should all listen to more of him. The world would be a better place. <laughs> has the Coca-Cabana uh, issue have been solved yet? It has not. We're still missing pa. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to guess uh, Protactinium. Um, a member of the Agdenide family was would that address our guest that, there? It absolutely does. You deserve a bell because protractinium is correct. Good job. So cobalt, protractinium, calcium, barium, sodium, put them all together and you get Copacabana. That was not a look up. I appreciate that. That's from <laughs> my from my history here. The actinides, very much the enemy of the lanthanides, no matter I have a, a, have a progressive question here for you, Dan and team. So the first is this, and they all lead into one another. I feel like you guys will get it pretty easily. Um, oh, I thought you meant left-leaning. I'm sorry. No, no, I think that you guys will get it pretty easily. This is a landscape feature, a landscape feature, most famously found in Boulder, Colorado, which is also a name of several famous buildings found throughout the United States. Any guesses on that? A and I'll give you the feature? I'll give if it's a landscape feature, I'll give you the cities for which the buildings are very famous right. and perhaps the districts. It's both New York City and San Francisco. So the landscape feature in Boulder, Colorado shares its name with buildings in some other cities, correct? Is that what That's you're saying? Right. That's exactly is there a, right. Is there a flat, flat iron? iron? You got it. Very All good. Right. What go. a what a segue here. Okay. So now we take the second word of that iron. Iron. What country mines the most iron in the world? What country is that? Mm. Hmm. So you want to think about who needs a lot of iron and who's close to it. Yeah. Uh, Russia for their curtain. Right. That is cool. It's top five, but not the top. How about either Norway or um, um, Norway, Sweden, or Canada? Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, that is not it. Now we want to think about, again, think about who's growing and then who's close to that. Who needs a lot of iron to feed that growth? And then who's right next to it? So China? Well, that would be the country that needs it. Now when we think about who might I might might mine the most who's close to china mongolia nope you're getting warm e- though i'm getting warmer okay so what about like one of the stands say Turkmenistan, where oh not the stands but it's a country that's recently had a little bit of friction shall we say with with china based over this very and other minerals well you're not thinking about india right no um then, hmm. And you said borders China? No, not borders. It's, it's everybody borders, borders China. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. It, um, it, most of its economy is based on this, actually, this trade and, and metals and, and ore with China. 
Hmm. Don't know who that would be. I'm are we leaving it. the continent? We are leaving that you absolutely can. You How about can. Australia? Australia. 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 Yeah. Out of the way. I don't know how your mind works. We all wonder that. We show yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Um, and the final question is Australia, and we won't go back to geological features, is the only continent without this specific geologic feature. There's something that we're all very familiar with. Australia is the only example of a continent that does not have one. And I'll leave you with a word after the first couple guesses don't get it. And the word is active. Volcano. Oh, volcanoes? You got it, guys. That was a little too close. Listen, wonderful night tonight, guys. I look forward to, to wrapping up to you. Take care, Dan and team. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. And all right, uh, let me do a question here. Oh, actually, let's repeat any questions that haven't been yes. answered first. So, Kira, you go ahead. All right, um, that's been done. So, Cloris Leachman appeared in five films that are on the Library of Congress's National Film Registry. What are they? We have The Last Picture Show and Young Frankenstein. Looking for three others. Also, uh, I have two. Uh, two novels written in a language other than English that were made into foreign films that were then made into American films. So I'm looking for the American film. The first one is a novel, a French novel called La Chienne, made in 1931 into a movie called La Chienne or The Female Dog, uh, and then made in the U.S. in 1945 as a different title. Uh, also a novel called Tank Po et Tal, uh, made into a movie in 1969 of the same name. It means think of a number. Uh, and then made in the U.S. in 1978 as something with a different title. So that's what I had. The one think of, I'm sorry, just the one think of a number. What year was that made in an American movie? Uh, American movie, 1978. 78. Yes. Okay. And the one in 45, would they give it away if you told us somebody who was in the movie? Uh, come back to me. I, I will go look that up. Okay. All right. Um, all right, Josh, uh, what do you have? I'm looking for two, the two actors who have won best actor or best actress Oscars for playing a role with their same actual first name. Okay. And I have, uh, what two stakeholders feature geographical landmarks that no longer exist? So far, we have New Hampshire, Old Man of the Mountain, and uh, what is the other? I should say it is east of the Mississippi, if that helps. And the I'm looking for the largest uh, cities in the world that have this amount of letters in their name, and I'm only looking for one-word name cities. Okay, so no Mexico City. I should have mentioned that at the top. So the largest world cities by the amount of letters in their name. So we're still looking for the largest city with four letters, the largest with six, the largest with nine, and the largest with ten. Uh, Josh, if you have another one, I'm, I will entertain yeah, that. Yeah, I have a couple of guesses, actually. Oh, give me one. Um, all right. I, I'm going to say nine might be Islamabad. It is not. All right. And okay. Um, yeah, I have an answer for you now. All right. Uh, go ahead. Uh, it probably would give it away, but I will, I'll give you a director, which will probably also give it away to you. But the director of this 1945 movie is Fritz Lang. Ah, okay. Hmm. So in America, in America, yes. yeah, well, he made many, he had a long career in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So it's going to be either Woman in the Window or Scarlet Street, right? So Woman in the Window is 44 and Scarlet, Scarlet Street is 45. So is it Scarlet Street? It is Scarlet Street. All right. Wow. There you go. I have, a, I have a guess for you for six-letter yeah, country. What about uh, our uh, city name? What about Lahore? It is not. Bigger than Lahore. My six-letter guess was Manila. Bigger than Manila. And, okay, so it's my turn. Let me do a quick question. I have a list question, but it's too late for that, so I'll save that. So I will do this. Who is the the last – word is – people have talked a little bit about the redecorating of the Oval Office, you know, taking down – Portraits and putting up portraits depending on who the president is. Of course, um, Trump had Jackson up there and now he's very much out of favor. And uh, Biden has uh, Truman and um, who is it? Um, George Washington, I believe. Anyway, who is the last president to have a portrait of a Confederate general in the Oval Office? Who is the last president to have a portrait of a Confederate general in the Oval Office? And this is obviously after the Civil War. Hmm. I would buy that Reagan would. Hmm. Reagan's always my answer, but Reagan. Uh, but no, not Reagan. Okay. Earlier than that? Earlier than that. Huh. Not Jimmy Carter. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not Jimmy Carr. Uh, yes. So who was the last U.S. president to have a portrait of a Confederate general in the Oval Office? God, who would do that? Let me think. And it is not a – it is not because this general was a relative. Let's put it that way. Mm. And was it in fact Robert E. Lee? It was in fact Robert E. Lee. Um, yeah. The good, the good Confederate. Well, okay. yeah, theoretically. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I mean, like, yeah, the one you could get the away one, with. Yeah, one, yeah, one didn't get away with. That's uh, not anymore. So, um, so, again, who was the last U.S. president to have a portrait of Robert E. Lee in the Oval Office? I'm sorry, you did confirm that this is before Reagan, right? I did confirm that. You did, okay. Boy, I don't know. All right, leave it out. Think about right. it. And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Hi, Dana. It's Megan in San Francisco. Hey, Megan. I have a few guesses on the largest cities by number of letters. Right. For, for four letters. Um, how about Rome? Good guess, but no. Okay. Second second chance on that one, Lima. Lima is correct. Lima, Peru. Very nice. good. And for six letters, I'm surprised nobody got, no one has guessed this, so maybe it's totally off base. But Mumbai, Mumbai is correct as well. Mm. Very good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try for a sweep here on nine letters. How about Barcelona? No, not Barcelona. Jerusalem? Not Jerusalem. Uh, okay. Well, for ten letters, how about Copenhagen? Not Copenhagen. That's that's not a very big city. I know, but it's the only one that I could think of that has ten <laughs> letters. So, all right. <laughs> Okay, um, and I have, since uh, Josh is on the panel tonight, um, first of all, I wanted to thank you, Josh, for your recommendation a few weeks ago on that Bee Gees documentary. I watched it. It was fantastic. Wasn't that good? Oh, I'm so glad. It's now ranked number two in my um, band band documentaries, uh, just following the Eagles uh, documentary from a few years ago. Oh. 
Um, but so my musical question for you is: the first group of inductees to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was inducted on January twenty third, nineteen eighty six. And of the group, of this initial group, there were three um, three inductees who you who you would say probably died before their time. One in their twenties, one in their thirties, and one in their forties. Who are they? Mm. Is Richie Valens one? Uh, not Richie Valens. I would think he. Would, uh, I would say Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, yeah, you're right. Buddy Holly is correct, and he died at age 22. Hmm. So. That's interesting. So Jimi Hendrix wasn't in the first batch. That's surprising. Um, Damien Damien got uh, Buddy Holly. So let that let that be known to one and all. Uh, nice yeah, go ahead. And now he's doing his touchdown dance. He is. Yeah. <laughs> one in their thirties and one in their. These are individual artists. You know, solo yep. artists. So is solo Jimmy artists. Jimmy Hendrix one by any chance? No, no, he was twenty six. Like all, all right, all right. Um, in that first batch wouldn't be Patsy Klein, would it? Um, they're both men okay and I'll give you if you want a hint I will say one is uh, one is known as the king of soul and mm-hmm. one is known as the king of rock and roll so, so Elvis Elvis is the 40s yeah. and then oh, right. okay. king of soul would that be like Sam Cook? It is Sam Cook. Good job. Sweet. Good job. Nice. All right. Thanks, guys, for a great show. Have a good Thank one. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And next call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Are you there? Hi, I'm on the air. You are. I, okay, I have an answer to the question about the film. Okay. I love film. It's uh, by Jean Renoir. And it stars the great French actor Michel Simon. Good. And so, what's the American version of that? Well, I think it was already answered, and I, I can't listen to. Uh, you gave the answer already. Oh, did I? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that one was Scarlet Street. Oh, that was Scarlet Street. It's Edward G. Robbins. It's right. Edward G. Robbins. Right, and Joan Bennett. Right. Yes. Yeah, you and were, I did you have were a question. About La Chienne, the, a little... You were talking about the Excuse French. Me? version, right? The La Chienne? La Chienne, yeah, 1931. Jean Renoir. Uh, but I had a question, but I think it's a little late to put it out. Maybe I should call back next week. Well, is it is it a long question? No, it's not long, but it's kind of difficult, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my question is who, is, who was Robert Cornelius, and what did he do that no one had ever done before? And uh, the hint is it was in the 19th century. Is he an inventor? Yes, I think you could say that. Robert Cornelius. Uh, is this medical? No. Okay. Hmm. Cornelius. Is it some sort of... Is it related to the history of film in any way? Not exactly film, but you're, it's warm. That's warm. It's so not photography? Film. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Is he the one who took that slow, not the slow, not, I'm not talking about the Moybridge thing. I'm talking about, no, that would have been 20th century, though, the, the very slow motion. No, that was 19th century, but right. uh, this was earlier. Right. Hmm. He wasn't, uh, was he the photographer? Yes. Okay, and then did he take a, a famous portrait of somebody? Uh, well, in a way... He wasn't necessarily a famous photographer, but he. Uh, this is in regard to photography. This is not in regards to photography. It is. Oh, it is. I'm sorry. Okay, but he was the one who took whatever picture we're talking about. He's the one who took it. He's not in the picture. That's correct. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So he's the first person to ever do something. It has to do with taking a picture. That's correct. And the picture he took, is it of a famous incident? No. All right. And is it of a famous person? Not really. Okay, so is it, is it scientific? No, it's, uh, it's related to photography, but not exactly in a scientific way. Okay. Well, all right, rather than... Ask you, so give you the 20 more questions. Yeah, you better tell us. He was the first person to ever, ever take a picture of a human face. His own. Oh. Hmm. Oh. 1839. Oh. First selfie, then. Yeah. Not technically the first photograph ever of a human. That was taken a year before, but it was from a great distance and it wasn't the face. The person wasn't recognizable. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Sure. Bye-bye. And next call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Hi, it's Tom in Southern California. Hi, Tom. Hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, is uh, the Cloris Leachman film, I wonder if Kiss Me Deadly is on that list? Yes, the yes. first one on the Kiss list. Nice deadly. job. Yes. Awesome, yeah. She so was a hitchhiker. Movie. That's what the one yeah. I was trying to think of. Yes, good job. Right, yeah. Great movie, Ralph Maker and right. Jackie Lum. Um Let's see, the nine-letter largest city, is that Guangzhou? It is Guangzhou, yes. The uh, Confederate general, or Robert E. Lee in the Oval Office, I wonder if that was Eisenhower. It was Eisenhower, yes. Wow. Oh, that makes sense. The general thing. Um, State quarter for the geological feature, I wonder, maybe, is it the one with Lewis and Clark and going down the river, maybe the gorge has been dammed up? No, that's I an interesting guess, that but is. no. Okay, the uh, the best actor Oscar is uh, the guy who will drink your milkshake, um, Daniel Plainview, played by Daniel Day-Lewis. Whoa! Oh, very good. Except, I, did he did he win for that? Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I did I not so, have him. He? I believe you're right. I think I skipped right over that. I'm so sorry. Wow. All right, there are three of them. Give the man a bell, and I'm adding him to my list. I can't believe I missed that. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm actually not totally sure. I'm pretty sure he won the best actor for that. I I believe he did. Um, I mean, it's Daniel Day-Lewis. How could he not? Yeah, right. Right? I mean, mean, I'll double-check, but thank you for that. I I feel rebuked. I can't believe I missed that. Um, Carry on. And then... uh, uh, I think that's all I got. I was to point out Martin Cahill is uh, was a real person, actually. Not yeah. Just, uh, 
movie character. Oh, and then uh, I guess the one question I have since uh, Megan mentioned Buddy Holly. Um, according to Kids in the Hall, why did uh, Buddy Holly's plane crash? <laughs> why? I like oh. it already. Um, uh, I just remember that this he's a real one of my jerk. favorite sketches. Yeah, he's a real right? jerk. <laughs> Gosh, doesn't he just down the plane? No, he uh, he uh, he demands no, that like... his monkey he demands that his monkey be allowed right. to fly the plane. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, great sketch, great show. As All right, always. thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. And next call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Oh, hi, it's Janusz. Hi, Janusz. I lost that. And general likes general, so I have only a quick question of three names of people you probably don't know and the connection between them which you should know. The people are Dan Smith, L. Stewart, and David Cohen. C-O-H-E-N. Cohen. Do the names once more if you don't mind, Janusz. Dan Smith? Mm-hmm. L. Stewart and David Korn. Well, they are linked by something big. Is this something they all participated in? Yes. At the same time? Yes. It's, it's a really surprising answer that surprised me. Uh, given the time, should I just... Do you want to tell us the year this happened? Oh, um, last week. Oh. Last week. Yep, all right. We're almost okay. out of time. Yeah, go ahead, tell us. Okay, they were respectively Secretary of State, Secretary <laughs> of Labor, and the head of the CIA. For for one week. One week, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you you all know Secretary of State Dan Smith. You're right. <laughs> Thanks, Janos. Appreciate it. All right, time to clean up here, uh, Kira. What do we got? All right. Uh, the novel Tank Poet Tall. Uh, think the number became 1978 movie starring Elliot Gould and Chris, Christopher Plummer. Oh, the silent oh, partner. It is the silent partner. Right. Uh, Cloris Leachman appeared in five films in the Library of Congress's National Film Registry. We had Kiss Me Deadly, Last Picture Show in Young Frankenstein. Uh, we were missing Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and the Muppet Movie. And I think that's all I had. <laughs> okay. And Josh? Um, my Oscar winners, I can't believe I overlooked Daniel Day-Lewis for Daniel Plainview. The ones I had in mind were Anne Bancroft as Anne Sullivan in The Miracle Worker and George C. Scott in the title role of Patton. Oh, good job. And the uh, largest city in the world that has 10 letters in its name, that's Alexandria, Egypt. Let's see, the uh, state quarter that features a geographical landmark no longer exists. The ones we have left are Connecticut, that is the Charter Oak, which fell over in 1856. 
And I think that is it for me. Uh, my thanks to Kira Pace, technical editor Joshua Cosman from the San Francisco Chronicle. I've been your moderator, Dana Rodriguez. Thanks to Damian D. Minor for handling the board and phones. And above all, our thanks to you for taking the time to tune in and call in. We hope you have a great week, and we also hope you can spare us the time to join us next Sunday at 7 p.m. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate your cooperation and your calls. And uh, look for us next Sunday at 7, or listen for us next Sunday at 7. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. If it ain't dry, it's wet.